Craft Beer Radio, episode 242 on March 16th, 2013. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we do, uh, where it's St. Patrick's Day almost. So, yeah. It's St. Patrick's Day every day, one day a year. <laughs> Welcome to our, we're doing IPAs mostly, a uh, bunch of dogfish heads and one Sam Adams. Yeah. Um, Heather well, actually, pick- not all IPAs. No. <laughs> okay, sure so many of these it's, it's, are. A, it's a confusing melange. But uh, we have a bunch of um, a bunch of beers. Hey, my name's Greg. I'm Jeff, and this is Craft Beer Radio. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Okay, eight percent, ten percent. This one's probably one of the lower ones. Seven and a half. What we got on that one? Got eight uh, percent. So I guess we're going to start off with the Johnny Cask. This is the 75-minute IPA. Dogfish Head 75-minute IPA. Now, you have, of course, the 90-minute IPA, and there's 60, and this is a blend, uh, which is dry hot with whole leaf cascades, but they also add maple syrup to it. So, I'm curious about this beer. have not had it before. Yep, this is, uh, it says right here, bottle-conditioned India Pale Ale with maple syrup. On the cover, you'll see Johnny Cash likeness with a Groucho Marx mask because apparently they didn't secure the licensing for Johnny Cash's likeness because in the pub, they were calling this Johnny Cask. Bottle men makes no mention of of the man in black. So I'm a, you know, uh-oh. Gotta use uh-oh. the old styles I was for this. <laughs> This, uh, this bottle, this particular bottle needs one of the smaller xyluses. So, okay, so 60 Minute is, was one of my, was one of my favorite IPAs for a while. I think Bell's too hard to supplant. In terms okay. of, you, you can get around here. 90 Minute can be a little, can, can get a little thick on you. You can get just a little overbearing sometimes. Well, it's a double IPA. I yeah. mean, it's, it's big. Uh, so this is... Hopefully, it's sort of comfortably in the yeah, middle. It's a it's a sentiment that a lot of people share. I remember listening to Jeffrey T from the Good Beer Show way back in the day, and and you know he would say that what you just said. You know, well he would say sixty minute wasn't enough, ninety minutes too much. Let's make a seventy five minute. You know, he actually said those words uh-huh. years before they made it. And if I remember right, he pro- I think he blended them together and made his own. So I'm sure many people did he add maple syrup? No, no, no maple syrup. I'm sure many people. I've done that blend to come on, you know, mm-hmm. half and half with the two. It smells nice and, and cascady. It a little bit of spice. I can actually, I think, smell a little bit of the maple spirit in the background. Yeah, I was thinking I'm a little stuffed up tonight. Uh, I just got over a whole week of not being able to breathe through my nose at all, but I can't smell some things, and I'm smelling a nice floral hop aroma. A little bit of citrus, but more of a leaf like type thing. Yeah, leafy. Like, you know, like a um, like a shizo leaf or something along okay. those lines. Yeah, I was thinking like a, a little bit of. I don't know. I mean, a little bit of grape leaf, a little bit of hop leaf. You know, but also like something a little more citrusy too. You know, mixed in there, and then I do. 
I almost wish that I didn't know about the maple syrup because something's like, oh, there's something mapley going on there. But I'm wondering if I would have even picked that up if I didn't know. It's an important part of the equation, knowing information about the beer. We should do another live, a, a blind show at some point soon so we can do that again because that's, those are always a lot of fun. Blind and blindfolded. Blind and blindfolded are, are, are crazy. Oh, that's tasty. Hmm. Big, bright hop flavor. The maple is sure carrying through in the flavor. There's this... Um, how do I want to put it? It's, it's... It's... It's almost like maple... Like if you've had granulated maple sugar, it tastes a little bit more like that than maple syrup. You know, it's a little more along those lines, I think. Where... Or... Or if you know, if you have a bottle of real maple syrup, you know it gets a little crusty around the neck. Right, and you taste right. That it tastes like that. It tastes like dried out maple syrup. Yeah, it doesn't taste like you're t- you're having a swill of of the pure stuff, of the good stuff, as they might say. But mm. and if, if you haven't been obliged to have like real maple syrup, you owe it to yourself to try it. it it'll change your life. You will never buy change your life. You'll never buy Aunt Jemima's again, <laughs> or Mrs. Butterworth, or whoever. <laughs> There's, yeah, there, there's there definitely something, it, it tastes more like 90-minute IPA than it does 60 to me. Uh, I think the the hop influence is stronger. I think it, it feels like, it, you know, the the texture feels more like 90-minute and it feels a little bit boozy. Um, but that, that mapleness is giving it a little bit of extra maltiness that the 90 doesn't have. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's helping it balance out the... The stronger hop presence, right? I never, never was a big fan of the sixty minute. Uh, I don't know. It's just their malt build or hopping. It just, it was never one of an IPA that I liked all that much. So I, I don't drink it very often. Have some ninety minutes on occasion, but you know, out of the three, I definitely like this one the best. It has a great floral, great malt character to it. It's lingering. The the bitterness is is not. It's not lingering on the tongue like like an arrogant basket or something like that, but there is this lingering um, resiny quality that's staying around, mm-hmm. and the sugar is sort of on the on the hinges of that. So you have this this resiny quality and this little bit of sugar around it, and that's what's remaining in the tongue. But it finishes pretty wet; it does not finish dry. We forgot to mention the color. The color is a uh, orangish yellow. It's sort of like hmm, how. What would you describe that as? School bus? <laughs> it's, a, it's a cloudy golden. It's a little straw in there. It's a little... Uh... Yeah. I. Mm, it's interesting. I wonder what, what made them decide to put the, the maple in there. Sam's family owns uh, some land with maple trees on it. And whatnot. So he did another beer with the. Uh, I think I don't think it was this one. I think he did another beer that was a lot of the the maple syrup or maple water, something like that. And uh, I'm guessing that's kind of a carryover. Like they liked it, and they decided to use it in this, or they used it in this. But that's that's part of the story. Is you know he has a family tie in to the maple part of it. Interesting. This beer I bought today, uh, thirty dollars here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> thirty dollars. I think that's what it was, right? No, no, this one's sixteen ninety nine. Sixteen ninety nine. Okay, one of them was thirty, I think. 
That one was 19. Yeah, it might be the one we didn't pull out. So $20. Still, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it's still big, It's a big bottle of beer. Yeah. $7.50. $7.50. I still think I prefer, you know, I prefer Too Hard, and I prefer some of the... Some of the ones that have a different grain build than this. I think that the the grains are really kind of muted in here. It's it's interesting that the maple syrup is here to give it a little bit of punch, but the grains themselves don't really show up that much, right? And I think that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, but you know, the sixteen ninety is not a huge malt forward beer. You get, I mean, I, the maple really does something different with it. Um, you get a little bit of. Of what a 60-minute tastes like, you know, I'm starting to, like I said, I don't drink it all that much, but I still have a recollection. And I, like the last couple of sips where getting a little more accustomed to all the hops and everything, I'm tasting a little more of their, you know, more standard malt bill on this. It's certainly an enjoyable drinker. I'm digging it. Hmm. Like we said, 7.5% alcohol by volume. They This is available in a lot of states. And you can go to their website or click on our show notes and get information about this one and all the other beers we're drinking tonight. Hmm. It's okay. There's a part of me that kind of wishes it were better. I guess is the best way I can put it. Okay. I'm trying to think, you know... uh I don't know, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to put it. Like, you know, I mean, that's really, without candy coating it, it means you're disappointed in some aspect of it. Where I'm, I'm content with this one, you know, it's it's not the best IPA, you know, but it's good. And it definitely gives you something new with that maple character. And it, it, it's well done. It's not gimmicky. It's not out of place. It, it works really well. I'm glad, I've t- got, glad I got to try that again. And I would say, I'd say you're probably right. I, I was a little disappointed. And I, I, I sort of expected something a little bit more... I expect maybe more of the maple oomph to be there or something a little bit different than just kind of, you know, a, a slightly slightly um, watery 90-minute, slightly watered-down 90-minute with some maple in it. But no. whatever. Let's give Dogfish another try here. Let's do it. Okay, Hellhound on my ale. This is a... If we had a production team that could be t- queuing up, you know, down by the crossroads now. Since it's a Robert Johnson, yeah, this is tribute. Uh, Mississippi Delta Blues man Robert Johnson's hundredth birthday, uh, and they worked with uh, Sony Legacy, who are the same people who did their Miles Davis inspired bitches brew. It's uh, alcohol by volume ten percent, fifty eight IBUs. It's a super hoppy ale, uh, dry hopped with one hundred percent Centennial hops, and. They add dried lemon peel and flesh to the whirlpool. So this pours a pretty clear orange. Yep. And it has a finger's worth of a nice soft head. Hmm. Definitely different hops going on here. I mean, the other one, the, the 75 was Cascade. This is Centennial. So you have you have less of a of less fruit, a little bit more spice, a little bit, a little bit greener, a little greener. 
Yeah, there's a little bit of booze in the nose, too. It's a little alcoholic mm-hmm. compared to the last one. A little bit like dandelion stems or something like that. Yeah, that, that, that's a good call. And as I'm swirling it up, I can actually smell a little bit of a lemon. Okay. Yeah, the uh, the flavor on this one it's it's a uh, it's one of those, I guess, big bitter, big bitter, hoppy beers. You know, something like it's not like an arrogant bastard, but you know, it's it's the you know mm. family. You know, it's in that family. It's it's not. Uh, what's the uh, what was the Lagunitas one? Was it? Uh, I'm trying to think of the Lagunitas one. You know, I was just trying to think of their name, the Maximus, or, or uh, no, the um, their shutdown, yeah, wasn't it? Oh, undercover shutdown, undercover yeah, shutdown. yeah. We were we were actually working on the same thought process there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was listening to a uh, podcast. I think it was a This American Life about Robert Johnson. They were trying to figure out like whether some of these stories are true or not, and it turns out like an awful lot of it is like like some of it was like a different Robert Johnson. Really? Because he wasn't... That's a fairly common name, even today. Yeah, he wasn't, you know, he didn't get any kind of fame until after he was dead, you know, so... And even then, you know, he wasn't discovered, rediscovered, until he was, like, rediscovered, like, all the way up into the 70s by, like, Led Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones and, you know, whatnot, it was really when he was discovered for the first time, so... Isn't that the, uh, the fate of most artists, though? Uh-huh. I mean, a, a lot, there are a lot of artists who do get famous, but there are a lot more who make amazing stuff and never get heard and then occasionally you may find their stuff later no one liked uh, Van Gogh or Van Gogh when he was uh, when he was alive sorry for the the dead air I was just trying to look up something here I just saw a headline where uh, Texas 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 uh, something they're doing a South by Southwest in Texas right now they are that's not what I'm talking here. I want to make sure this is the bill I think it is. Oh, it's, come on. There's too mm. many words in this story. It's not. I can't read it that fast. Something happened in Texas State Beer Legislature that maybe was the one where the brewers can actually sell beer, but I don't... I can't distill it fast enough, so I'm sorry. Such is there. Well, you know, I can start doing our promos, and maybe you can start reading. <laughs> so... If you would like to support Craft Beer Radio, there are multiple ways. This is the commercial time. Commercial time begins. One of our, the main way you can support us is by going to uh, our craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And you can go to our Amazon link. Whatever you buy, whatever you want from Amazon won't cost you any more. And some, a little bit of that money will come back to us and help us with the show. We take all that money, we put it right back into the, into the show, put it back into making the show better. Right. And, you know, it's money you are going to spend anyway. Right. So. When you go Amazon shopping, go through this URL, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. That's all you have to do. That's it. All you do that, and you get you get your stuff. You don't pay anything extra, and we just get a tiny little bit. Other ways you can help us is there is a subscription thing on our website. Go to the donate link, and you can subscribe through PayPal, and PayPal will auto- debit you know a certain amount from your account whatever you you choose or you can just do it one time one time only you can do as little as twelve dollars a year and you could do up to a lot more it's up to you any bit helps you can imagine if you get a a bunch of people all donating it definitely sustains the show and we'll be able to uh 
you know, it covers the beers. It'll get us out to places and things like that. We're definitely planning on doing some, a mm-hmm. uh, couple big beer events this year. Indeed. There, there are two other, uh, possibilities. There's, uh, Bluehost, which is our hosting company. Yeah. If you're looking for web hosting, I cannot recommend Bluehost more. And it's a pretty generous referral bonus. There's a link on our website. If you're looking to sign up for website hosting. If you're doing a home brewing, you're doing any that sort of thing, you can also go through our website and click on the Midwest Brewing Supplies link, and that's the same deal as Amazon. You spend whatever you want, you don't pay anything extra, and a little bit comes back to us. So if you want to buy uh, a thermocouple for your system, or if you want to buy uh, some yeast or some hops or whatever, go through there, boom, a little bit of that comes back to us. Sounds good. Let's get back to the beers. So, drinking the Hellhound, it's not piling on the bitter. It was bitter the first couple of sips, but it's not getting any worse. You know, like some of these beers, like Undercover Shutdown Ale or something like that. Yeah. You know, the more you drink it, it just it's it, you know it, it's abusing you your face more and more every sip. You know, and and this one doesn't. It's not piling on. It, it, it's it is what it is, but it's not you know taking advantage of you. Interesting that they say here. It's 58 IBUs, but they say it hits 100 IBUs in the brew house. I'm not sure exactly what they mean by that. It might be the thing where they add from one formula 100 IBUs worth of hops, and then you know a place like Dogfish can actually have it analyzed in the lab, right? When they did that afterwards, it was a 58. Maybe, maybe that's what they mean. I don't know. I'm Dry just... hopped with 100% Centennial hops at a rate of 100 kilos per 100 barrel brew lift. That's weird. So, just a weird sentence. Hmm. So, this is a limited available the, the limited availability uh, ale. It's a blue label, but you'll find it wherever dogfish head ales are, most likely. We haven't talked about this recently. What food would this go with? Hmm. I kind of see this as more of it on its own. I'm not really feeling it with anything in particular. If I had to pick, I'd pick something with a little bit of spice to it. Okay. Maybe Thai. Something that's a little bit light but has some spice to it. I wouldn't go real heavy. Like, I wouldn't say throw this together with a steak. I don't uh-huh. think. I don't think it would work that well. But uh, I think the lemon, which does you don't really notice a lemon that much except for in the aroma. But I think that the the lemon um, lemon would help a little bit with like a pad thai or something like uh-huh. that. Get, you know, I'm getting a now. I'm living with a little bit more. I'm getting some some other flavors. I'm getting a little bit of uh, oh. oh oh. I'm trying to think what that what I want to call this. Uh, a touch of molasses or uh, toffee or something. You know, I'm getting some some other flavors. You know, towards the end, it, it's getting a little more earthy. It's more oh. I don't know, it's hard to say. Maybe I'm just looking at these, you know, knotted old trees on the label here, and that's what I'm tasting is knotted old trees or something. <laughs> it's hard to say. Okay, let's jump off the dogfish train and go to Samuel Adams. This is Third Voyage Double IPA. 
So this is Hopped with Cascade and Simcoe. Smalt with their Sam Adams Two Row Pale Malt Blend, Caramel Malt, and Honey Malt. Top fermenting ale yeast strain. Uh, they call the color Deep Copper, and they give an SRM value of 24. 8% alcohol by volume. 85 IBUs. Per serving 278 calories, I'm almost certain that all of that is carbohydrates. <laughs> because that's what beer is. Lots of sugar. Maybe a little bit of protein if there's some yeast in there. Uh, and alcohol carries calories, right? That's yes, it does. That's a carbohydrate. But carbohydrate, yes. Oh, is alcohol it? is carbohydrate. Okay. So here on the label, scribbled in... in uh, in like a handwriting font. It says Hops Cascade Hops Farm. And then it says the the UK, New Zealand, and the US Simcoe brand hops. So I think, guess maybe that's where the third voyage comes in. They're getting three different kinds of Simcoe. Oh, they were inspired by uh, Captain James Cook, whose third voyage made him the first to navigate a treacherous route from England to New Zealand to the Pacific Northwest. Okay. So England, New Zealand, and Pacific Northwest, if they're getting Simcoe from all those, so it is, yeah. They use, yeah, they use Cascade hops from each of those regions. Okay. And they add Simcoe, I suppose, to make it so it's just not a Cascade beer. To add a little bit of, probably a little bit of depth. I'm imagining, I don't know this for sure, but I'm imagining that they probably use Simcoe more as the initial hop to get some bitterness in there. And they're using Cascade mostly as a flavor and aroma hop at the end of the boil. Oh, there we go. Now I'm reading what you're reading. The back of the label has all that. I was trying to read the very small font of the malts, and they use malts like Metcalf, Candice, no, no, Caramace, and Honey. That's what it says. Well, they say Caramalt. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah. The font's really small. It's hard to read. (laughs) Scribbled. But they have a honey malt and a Sam Adams two-row pale malt blend, which may be a blend of various different types. Which, um, since they call it a blend, it probably is. So at this point, hoppy beer after hoppy beer, what you smell is really the mm-hmm. difference, right? You, you know, so this one has has a bigger malt bill, and that's what you're smelling is a big malty beer. Even mm-hmm. though I'm sure it has a hop aroma, you know, we're kind of... We're noticing the the difference and not really just how hoppy this one is. Yeah, it's sort of like when you look at a at a picture of of something, and then you look at a white. You, you look at a picture of something for like uh-huh. for for an, a minute, and then you look at a, a white screen. You see sort of the opposite of that color. You're sort of, now we're, we're sort of we're picking out the opposite because the our our, our aroma. Uh, palettes have been matched to hops. Yep. No, I mean now. Now I'm smelling it. I'm getting the hops again. <laughs> yeah. So first couple sips, it's just like looking at that white piece of paper, right? You're seeing the inverse colors. You're smelling the malt, and then after a few seconds, your your tongue calibrates and or your nose calibrates, and you're smelling the hops again. But the the maltiness is it 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 seems kind of biscuity, maybe almost like a muffin actually. Yeah. There's. You, you're you're nailing it tonight. I, I would definitely say a muffin, uh, like uh, it's funny because the last one had lemons in it. I'm, I'm, I'm like smelling like one of those like lemon, um, you know, poppy seed type right, type muffins. Right. You know, so I'm smelling in this one. Mm. 
Mm. Again, taste, you're tasting what it's not, right? It doesn't taste like hop beer the first sip because you're tasting this big, delicious malt thing, which is very bready, but, you know, it's a it's sweet. There's traces of, of um, kind of something almost very, very similar to caramel in there. Mm-hmm. Sort of, sort of like a a, a a nice thick bread, like a challah almost. So, so when you hear honey malt and you taste this, take another sip, thinking honey malt, like something just fits. Like you're like, oh, I get it. You get that? I'm trying to pick it out. It's pretty. pretty... I've never been a huge honey guy. I mean, okay. there are very. There are various things, you know, with honey that I like, and I've had honey before, obviously, but have not used it a lot for sweetening in, in my past or, you know, now. So if I were to pick out various types of honey, it's only when it's really obvious. I'm not picking out a particularly obvious strain of honey. If there's something that's sort of subtle like honey, I will probably miss it. Yeah, it reminds me of trying to think of a good example it's like a a very light cake or something but like with a touch of honey you know it's kind of that kind of flavor there yeah cake is is, is the right example i was thinking of hollow which is sort of a cakey okay, bread um it's a it's a you know a thick or, uh, yeasty or almost bread. like you know almost like a raised donut type consistent like that kind of cake you know something like that yes yeah no i'm, I'm with you Cake is cake is good in terms of the in terms of the way the malt is coming through. I, I think definitely they're using Simcoe as a bittering, and they're not using it for flavoring. And I'm appreciative of that because I'm not a huge fan of the flavor of Simcoe, but as a bittering hop, I think it, it's a it's a powerful workhorse. So here's a headline on on BeerPulse.com. It's the uh, with capacity boost, Dogfish Head may brew green algae beer again next year. Cool, and it says. Uh, we do beer. We do beers with raisins and maple syrup. So why not algae? Alas, the beer did not didn't quite take off. Caledonia hasn't been able to make it since because dogfish production max, capacity has been maxed out. But he says with the brew expansion this summer, this should allow him to have the green stuff back on tap next year. It's funny. Three three thons when, when I looked at the bill and I you know I paid for like five beers and it was like seventy dollars. I was like, wow, really. Uh, and looked at the press. Yeah, I guess that's what it was. And they said, "Well, the dogfish heads are coming up because they're they're making a new brewery." But I guess that's what the person at the, the counter said. But mm-hmm. I guess they're actually expanding their brewery. Right. But uh, would that be why it's rising up, or is there? I mean, I'm sure there's other costs associated with the fuel costs go up. Yeah, I mean, costs are up across yeah. the board for beers, and uh, like I said, you bought it at the bottle shop in Pennsylvania when you're used to shopping in Ohio. So there's definitely a big yeah. bump right there. And, uh, but it's a drive to Ohio now for me. I mean, yeah, yeah. I still will make it, but it's a it's more of a drive now. So, well, we could actually, you know, since you're not there, you know, it, it'd be more convenient to say, hey, you know, let's Join go up. from here to go to Vintage or something like that. Yeah. You know, maybe do a show there or something like that. You know, kind of wrap that around it. That'd be cool. Instead of uh, instead of yeah, just doing a big loop just to get beer here. I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, a brewery could, you know, raise its prices for the short term to finance. Yeah, I mean, there's no, no law against it, right? Uh, I don't have any 
recollection of you know specific cases where that's been the case you know um most brewery expansion is funded you know other ways and i haven't seen it reflected in sticker price so far this is my favorite drinker of the night this one's going down really nice and easy i like the malt the maltiness to it i think i'm more of a fan of of maltier ipas than i am just straight hop Uh ipas and this one is uh giving me a lot of that probably what i would expect out of sam adams i think you know because they have always had sort of a, a, a thing against ipas and now they're starting to do them but they're still keeping some of their roots speaking of things that are against canning beers did we talk about this yet we talked a little i don't know if we discussed it specifically yeah, i don't think we talked about it specifically i would love to uh get some cans of, of Boston Lager. Mm-hmm. And who knows, maybe we could get Jim on, do a little tele-tasting with his cans. He can tell us why it was worth, you know, mm-hmm. you know his whole thought process. I, I understand he wanted to make a can that people could drink from and people could still appreciate the beer. It still seems like a lot of work <laughs> for that. You know, you know, where Maybe I would go the route, have each can with a, a cap that's a glass, right? Or <laughs> something like that, you know? <laughs> so you could, like, take it off and pour the can into the right. glass. But who knows? I, I, so I think that's something I'm going to try to line up. Is, uh, I mean, the fact of the matter is, you know, okay, so I was talking to, to some friends of mine, and, and they were, they're not beer fans necessarily. Or they're, they're fans of beer, but they're not fans of, of craft beer. And they were saying... That, oh, you know, they're drinking blah, 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 whatever. And one of them was saying, I would drink Molson, but every time I drink Molson, it's it's skunked all the heck and back. And I said, well, buy the cans. You're not going to – you're never going to get skunkiness with the cans. That's a, one of the great things about cans is that they are mm-hmm. a, a really great way to, uh, you know, to, to shit beer. You have – you don't – you obviously will not get any light strike problems mm-hmm. with a canned beer. You could get oxidation problems, but it's less likely. It's yeah, it's much less likely. Um, crown caps are not good oxygen barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, the crimp around the the seam of a can is so yeah, oxidation's better. The, the really the downside is drinking beer from a can. Yeah, you're better off drinking beer from a bottle. But neither is good, right? Neither is good. You're better off drinking beer from from glasses or these Spielga glasses. If you go to craftbeerradio.com, we actually have an Amazon store with some um, of our favorite some products. of our favorite products and Xyluses and and these. Uh, Every once in a while, we get people buy the buy the Xylus. We've had a few of those recently and some Spielga. So I feel good that we're pr- promoting products that yeah. I know people will be happy. These with. are really good products that we wholeheartedly endorse. However, when you got these dogfish bottles, the, the xyluses don't close in the necks. That's the only That's problem. The only problem. Yeah. They have a very narrow neck compared to other ones, and the, the new style. So we have like two old style xyluses that I picked up at the church white elephant sale a couple summers ago, and this was uh, I think before we even were introduced to the xyluses by. Oh no, it was the, like right after JD had had um, introduced us to the xyluses. And I picked those up. And those have smaller necks. They don't lock as good. They could actually pop open in your fridge. But for the bottles that have the really small necks, go for some vintage Xylus, which yeah. they don't have on Amazon. Or I'd link those also. Yeah. All right. Last beer. This is a beer Heather picked up for me. And this is a collaboration with Dogfish in Sierra Nevada. This is the Rising Binds. Binds are now... Um, 
Grapes are vines, but hops are binds. And uh, the difference is somewhat technical, but it has to do with with uh, with the way they they the way they move up something. I think. I'm kind of, I knew this at one point. Yeah. I, I forget, but yeah, so hops are technically a bind. Well, a hops bind. are also a, a sexual plant, right? There's yeah. males and females. I'm, so not sure if, I'm not sure if that's the bind part of it or not. So that's why it's rising, R-H-I-Z, because rhizome. Yeah, because the roots are rhizomes, so it's a, like a double. Yeah, it's a double pun. Uh, rising binds, so they, they did with Sierra Nevada, like Jeff said, uh, which you know, they, all, they did a, a previous collaboration called Life and Limb. Uh, this is an Imperial IPA. IBU's uh, 8. I'm sorry, 70. Alcohol by volume is 8%. <laughs> 8 for an Imperial IPA would be a small, small IBU. And 70 ABV for an IPA would be pretty <laughs> big. Just saying. Now, they do call this Life and Limb also. So maybe that's just the, the moniker for the Sierra Nevada Dogfish collaborations now. Mm-hmm. Because the first Life and Limb was... That's where they, I think they use the maple syrup from Sam's, from Sam's farm or Sam's family, right? Um, was for the first life and limb. And then they did the limb and life, which was the small beer behind that. And, uh, but this one's called life and limb. So it might've just ad- been adopted as the moniker. So I wonder if they're going to do a bind rising, which would be a small beer. But <laughs> I don't know. At eighth, it's, it's kind of hard to make a small beer out of this. Yeah. But okay. So this is interesting. Uh, uh, this was dry hot. Or, sorry. Sorry. When it went through the boil, it was used uh, a Bravo hops on the boil, but then it was dry hopped with an experimental hop that doesn't have a name, just a number, which sounds all science fiction. He called Hop 644. That's awesome. That'd be a cool book. Hop 644. <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's the hop where the beers... <laughs> what was the slogan for uh, Fahrenheit... Uh... 451. 451. What was the slogan, though? It's the temperature at which... Paper burns. Paper burns, right. So... Okay, so the... I thought you were going to say that they, like, dry hopped it with rhizomes or something like that. Like, they boiled... (laughs) Like, you know how, like, you can, like, you know, make sassafras tea out of sassafras... they put ginger in there? They just... (laughs) Well, no, the hop roots... Right, gingers are rhizome too. Oh yeah, but no hop roots, right? Yeah, like you can make like sassafras tea out of sassafras roots, right? I can't imagine hop rhizomes have any kind of appreciable flavor, but now I'm thinking. You never know. <laughs> you could always test it. You have them out there. Uh, so apparently, a, a component of Sierra Nevada's aroma boosting torpedo system made a pit stop in Delaware for dry hopping duty. Oh, so yeah, the torpedo. Well. If you've had Sierra Nevada's Torpedo IPA, you know what it does. It, mm-hmm. That's a wonderful IPA. And uh, the Torpedo is kind of like dry hopping, but it's on a, a circulate. It's like a dialysis for, for hopping beers, right? Because you continually pump the beer from the, fir- from the conditioning tank through a plug of hops, through a Torpedo of hops, and then back into the tank. So it's just continuously circulating for days. And that's, that's how they do their, instead of dry hopping, they use the torpedo. Interesting. So this also has a, a Carolina heirloom wheat that's grown and milled in Art in Anson Mills. Uh, so that's added to this. This has a surprising aroma to it. First sniff, you're like, huh? It's it's spicy, almost. I don't know what's the word. Acrid, acidic. 
Hmm. Almost actually a little. I'd even say lactic. I'd even say it. it, it See, I'm not. I'm not getting lactic. I'm getting it. 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 I'm thinking like you know, like imagine. Like when we were picking. Okay, hops. I see where you're coming. When we're from. picking it. Yeah. Okay. So when we're picking hops, it's not vinegary, but it's there, there's a little bit of. I'm more like acrid, I guess. I yeah. don't know. Like, yeah, there's not like not like lactic acid or anything, but more like acidic soil or acidic ash or something mm-hmm. like yeah. that. Yeah, right? ash. Ash is very good. Go back to this past summer when we were picking hops out on the deck. And not the hop smell. Forget about the hop cones. But the smell when we're crunching leaves and cutting vines and, you know, making short little segments so we can pick them. You get any of that? Like that that feel like harvest time, but, you know, not in the oast for sure. Not the hop flavor, but, but the vegetal type aromas. Yeah, maybe a little sort of nettle. Kind okay. Of. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm going for. Something like that. Like, like what else is in that family? Like, like I guess like fragrant, swampy, like spiky mm-hmm. plants, right? It smells nice. It really does. It's got a nice. Uh, it's got a head with uh, some small bubbles and some big bubbles. It's uh, attractive. Whoa. An attractive head. And the color is a, a really clear copper. Not, not even copper. Sort of a... Mm, it's uh, it's yellowish copper. Whoa. That's that's a new hop flavor. That's Experiment 626 right there. 644. 644. 626 is... Uh, remember the, the cartoon Lilo and Stitch? I know of it. Okay, so Stitch, the little blue alien guy, he was Experiment 626. So he didn't have a name until after he landed on Earth and met the, you know, troublemaker little human girl. Mm. But the flavor, you got something like chrysanthemum flowers or something in there. Oh, good call. Good call. There's, there's There's a floral... Petal flower petal thing to there. Yeah, I mean that's really what stands out because it's yeah. like this sweet candy type thing, and yeah, bitter and weird experimental flavors all Maybe around a little it. Sunflower. Okay. Yeah, I mean not like kind of like that smell. Not like sunflower when, seeds, but yeah, like, like a, when you have yeah. a big sunflower and you kind of like you're hanging around sunflowers or take a sniff of it. Sure. And try this. Just a hint. Just a hint. Not not a fruity hint, but just a hint of blackberry. No, I'm not getting there. Can't get there. Okay. At least not yet. Lemon is coming through here. I'm thinking more of the uh, sort of the pithy side of blackberry. So, like... You know, you you can uh-huh. in blackberry. There's obviously the 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 tasty fruit, but there's also the the droop in the middle, which has sort of a, right. a little bit of a pithy quality. Uh, oh, let me look for that. Mm. Mm. Really, the flower that flower petal type flavor is really the big thing, right? 
Yes. Yeah, I would say it's surprising for the most too part, because you get this kind of like this abrasive type aroma. You're like, oh, this is going to be a harsh beer, and you take a sip, and it's this fruity, wonderful, happy. You know, you're like the the aroma. La, 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 well, the aroma yeah. is dun 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 dun, and the flavors do 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 do. do. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a really nice. It's it's got floral bits to it. it it's uh, slightly grassy, uh, but pollen. Uh huh. You know, it's got this sort of polleny kind of uh, thing to it. Here, you know, we talked about honey earlier. I would say it's polleny, but not honey. There's like really no no yeah. correlation to any kind of bee honey hive type thing. Where usually when I say pollen, I'm leading towards. The honey part of it, you know, and this is different. This is not that way. It's the opposite direction. Well, people give bees so much credit for pollination, but so much pollination goes on that's not bee. I mean, more pollination is like bats and other insects and stuff like that. But um, so a lot of pollen gets out there that that's not related to honey oh, whatsoever. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't advocating that bees were awesome. Well, they are, but uh, I was just saying. Normally, well, bees when, are awesome, but lots of things are awesome. Normally, when I talk about pollen, I'm usually you think walking honey? down the path towards honey, and this one's not that. No, clover. Yeah, yeah, field full of clovers. Yep, it's a it's crazy. It's it's definitely crazy. The flavors in here. And maybe a little bit of grape. Huh. I see where the grape's coming from, yeah. Mm-hmm. that uh, You kind of get a little bit of citrus after the flower punch. That's, that's pretty neat. Yeah. I guess it's time to rank. It is. All right, so uh, I think it's your turn to go first. Whatever, it doesn't really matter. It's okay. I can go first. Mm. I think the uh, last place beer of the night will be the pre-show beer. (laughs) Pre-show beer. You think? Greg picked out this beer that he forgot we had years and years ago. And this was the O'Fallon Cherry Chocolate Beer. It was, I mean, it was like a dollar beer. And I was like, right. No, no, no. You were trying because it, it caught your attention. You wanted to see what it was. Uh, last time we had it, I remember it tasting just like a cherry Tootsie Pop. This time it was not as good as a cherry Tootsie Pop. No. <laughs> it was more cough syrupy this time. So, <clears throat> so yeah, but we're not going to consider that. Okay, so four, the main show four. Let's see. To build the suspense, I'll start from the bottom. Aren't you excited? I am. I will go with the Hellhound in last place. Hard luck. Lo- I mean, it's good beer, right? They're all good beers. Just out of the four, I think the the Hellhound it was the most bitter of the beers. And it had a little bit of neat things going on. And it was a fine drinker. Uh, but the other three had, had more merit. In third place, I am going to put the third voyage from Sam Adams. Great malt character. Good hoppiness, even though the hoppiness was probably lost on us a little bit because of flight order. Yeah. Uh, 
good solid beer that we expect from from Sam Adams. Uh, nothing, nothing too crazy that we can pick out, but you know, just good solid drinker, definitely. Number two, I'm going to put the 75 minute IPA from Dogfish Head, Johnny Cask. Johnny Cask, great floral, great citrus. The the maple syrup is definitely there and giving you some some nice malty candy type flavors. It it had a little bit of that maple sugar, that dried out type flavor. Really enjoyed it. And then this this crazy nutball rising binds <laughs> that that we're drinking right now. I'm going to make that my top beer of the night just because what it's just pulling in flavors that you haven't tasted in beer. And also the aroma and the flavor are so different. Like I said, I I, I think what my, my whole little song analogy really tied it in because they were telling two different stories. One was very dark and ominous. Like, you, this is going to rape your tongue. And then the other one was like... The, the, I shouldn't laugh at that, but that's a... That's a Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry if anyone is offended. And then the flavor was, you know, Jap, you know, Jap pop, you know. Like, da, 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 da. So. Or K- I'd say K pop. K pop. Okay. K pop, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, my, my list is different than Jeff. I think uh, for my, my number one beer, or my number four beer is probably a seven, five, 75 minute. I thought that. Um, it didn't live up to the rest of the beers. I kind of was disappointed in it, to be totally honest. I felt like it, you know, had some interesting qualities to it, but it didn't live up. And I just, I overall went in with an impression, you know, that I was going to get something really interesting. And I came out with an impression that it was a lot less interesting than I expected. And that's too bad. Uh, my number three is the Hellhound. Uh, I felt that. The Hellhound had some interesting qualities to it as well. Uh, I liked the lemon and the aroma, although it didn't really come through in the flavor. But it it really sat with me better than the 75 minutes. So those are the two that were kind of like on, on the lower scale. But then the, the other two, Third Voyage and Rising Binds, were much better. And uh, I'm doing Rising Binds second because... I think because the third voyage, I really, really enjoy a nice malty IPA, and especially in this flight, the moss were really shining through on the third voyage. As opposed to Rising Pines, which while it was really weird and 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 cool and interesting, mm-hmm. uh, it didn't have the same kind of malt that that really you know picks me up. So I would say third voyage is number one. Gotcha. Okay, I just caught this on the the beer news wire, New Belgium. Will uh, nearly triple their wood program. They purchased thirty-two new footers. Remember those huge? <laughs> I remember. Barrels? Yes, thirty-two more. <laughs> Where are they going to put them? <laughs> that place is already huge. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, if you uh, are looking for some more lawfully and you can't get it next year, maybe you might have a little more luck. Wow, good for them. I really. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Put that much money. Imagine how much of 32 footers cost. <laughs> I, can, I don't know. Is it, is it as much as a kettle, do you think? I mean... Uh, let's see. 9,000 hectoliters. <laughs> <laughs> that's about two or three pounds. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's CBR242. You can catch us. You can get us at craftyradio.com. You can email us at greg at craftyradio.com, jeff at craftyradio.com, beer at craftyradio.com. We got Facebook and Google Plus, the Craft Beer Radio on Facebook. Craft Twitter Radio. at craftbeerradio.com, at CBR Greg, yeah. at Jeff Bear. That should about do it. And uh, tune into the post show for Amazon Anonymous. Yes, and have a happy St. Patrick's Day. Don't get too drunk. And and also a new idea for another fun post show segment. So. Dun, dun, dun.